All right, we're going to start with uh, a question. Apparently, there are questions for each Rebbe. Um, so we'll start with Rebbe Rosner. The generational trend in education is uh, to promote the positive and happy models of Avodah Sashem. Are terms and concepts like Yerah Sashem and Scharva Onish no longer welcome in the classroom? If not, what is the correct way to teach these concepts without turning students away? Yeah, they did mostly Shabbos, and they did some of the Malka, and I know it's late. So just, uh, just, um... Oh, you have until 12. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that thing, just, uh, just thoughts uh, related. Again, today's, uh, today's Talmudim, I think, uh, Baruch Hashem, we have uh, a Talmudim here. Obviously, as, as many as... Uh, and the point out, today's Talmud is not a Talmud that it was, Talmudim aren't what they were 50 years ago. And they weren't not even the same that they were 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Um, no, Talmudim, um, today, the, well, let me just start off with a, with a thought. There's a thought that some of the acronym quotes that the Pasuk says in Parshat Bahaloscha that uh, there were different, um, the Chatzotzros have to be made new every 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 generation, you have to have new chatzotzros, and so one of the some of the mafarshim explain why they have new chatzotzros. Just use the trumpets from the previous generation. You need new chatzotzros every generation. You need new ways to inspire. One needs new ways to uplift and awaken in every generation. And what was awa- used to awaken and to trumpet and to to uh, bring in twenty years ago, ten years ago, and the way that technology goes nowadays, even two years ago. You know, whatever was one, was worked then, you know, has to be adapted, and we need new chatzotzros in this generation. We know just as, you know, as, uh, you know, when we, were, when we were in yeshiva, you know, there were different types of chatzotzros. I'm sure Reb Lachman over the generations has seen different chatzotzros that, that he has had to use to inspire all of the masses that he has uh, inspired over the, uh, the different generations. But I think definitely in this door, we need a lot of ahava. We need a lot of Ava over Yira. Um, it's uh, Revolvi writes about this uh, often in his writings as well. Uh, and that's the emphasis. It's, it's uh, positivity. Um, Dr. Tversky talks about that in his 73 books that he wrote, he really wrote one book with, in 73 different ways. Right? I talk about self-esteem. Sometimes on the Parsha, sometimes on Perkyavo, sometimes, you know, that's, it's all about building up the Talmudim. It's all about creating relationships with Talmudim. And, um, and that's, uh, you know, we, uh, a Rebbe takes, you know, the greatest nachas that a, that a Rebbe could have is to have the connection with the, Rebbe, with, uh, with the Talmidim, to have Talmidim, you know, as, as, you know, it was just inspiring to me to see when Rebbe Lachman walked in, giving hugs for Talmidim from 30, 40 years ago. It's, it's something that, that, that dreams are made of in terms of a Rebbe-Talmud relationship. And that only comes with, even if it's tough, but it's an emphasis on love. The tough love and the uh, relationship and the uh, positivity and the uplifting that Talmidim have, that, that Talmidim need to hear. So yes, maybe in the days of old it was really, really um, ruling and teaching through more of an iron fist, but um, you know, my Rebbeim and what I tried and what we try to give off in the yeshiva is, um, is an inclusiveness, a love, a feeling of, uh, of um, confidence building. Um, and again, it's uh, it's a different generation than, than what was, but um, that's what uh, 
Talmudim are looking for. They're looking for um, the warmth. They're looking for just just uh, just as an example. Like we we're talking about this this afternoon, a couple of years ago, when uh, in the high, the beginning of Corona, that Purim that uh, we all remember, and almost all the yeshivas, um, you know, uh, closed up and sent everybody home. There was some Talmudim. Some of them are sitting here now. That um, that said, we could we stay? We want to stay. You know, why should we go home and be locked up in uh, in our homes? And there were thirty five Talmudim that stayed on the Karambiyatna campus from Purim through Sukkot. They did not leave the campus. And they had everything that they needed. They had food, they had shelter, obviously they had each other. And they had chavruses. This was their home. And they said it was the best decision that they could ever make because they said, I want to be in yeshiva, I want to be home. And, you know, Ben Azmanim, they had camps and games and they had activities. But they were there and they, and they stayed in yeshiva. And I don't know any other, what, all the yeshivas, but they felt like they were home. Right? On the outside, people are like, what's Karabiyavna about? That's what Karabiyavna is about. It's a place that you want to stay, we'll take care of you, we'll give you sadaram, we'll give you sukkahs to make yourself, you know, with the nails and the, and the wood. It's a sukkahs and a pesach that, uh, that they'll never forget. But again, that's just an example of what we try to give to the Talmidim. It's not just the learning, it's the experience, it's the relationship with the Rebbeim and the yeshiva. And we hope with Siyat HaDashmaya that uh, they, they, they're built from that in a, in a positive way and uh, take that, you know, for the rest of their lives. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Any other? No, no, it's the All right, this one is for Rav Um Do modern Orthodox high schools teach too little, too much, or just enough Gemara? Can we, can we can we expect high school boys to concentrate in a world of iPhones and social media? I'm very fortunate to teach post high school Talmudim, guys college age and smicha age. So it's very easy for me to, to when I get them and say, "Well, you know, if only they would have learned a little better in high school, then maybe they they'd be better now." I, I think the answer is obviously that do some, some boys need more Gemara in high school, and some boys probably need less. Gemara is something that we believe everyone should study, but obviously um, what people could handle is very, very different from person to person. And so it, it's a tricky, tricky question. Um, I you know, maybe... Uh, I still would be better at answering this because I don't teach high school, so I'm not even, um, I see where they come. And not, of course, the KBY students. They always know <laughs> everything. But, but I'll tell you something that, that, does, <laughs> that does make that, again, thinking back from my experience at KBY and also in high school, I had, I had something very special in high school. Adir will uh, corroborate, at least if, if it's true. When I was uh, in high school, so in ninth and 10th grade, we went to Shirim and Gemara. And Shir was like any other Shir. We went, we had great rebellion, we listened to Shir. And after 10th grade, I couldn't read a word of Gemara because all I did was listen to my Rebbe read the Gemara if I listened. And so how's one supposed to learn? So in 11th grade, I got to Rabbi Einemers here. I'm from Silver Spring. I went to the Yeshiva of Greater Washington, Rabbi Einemers, that's out. And in Rabbi Einemers here, 
we had to read the Gemara and Shir. And what would happen if you didn't read the Gemara, if you couldn't prepare, if you couldn't read the Gemara? So what would happen is that he would stare at you, and then you would melt. And so you had no choice. It didn't matter how you prepared the Gemara. You could use an art scroll to prepare the Gemara. You could ask anybody for help. But when it came time for Shear, you had to make sure that you could read the Gemara. You actually, not nothing in depth, you had to know what the words meant, and more or less what they, what they meant in a coherent way. And so, how did we learn Gemara? It wasn't, there weren't Gemara classes, because we had years of Gemara classes, we didn't know how to read Gemara. How we learned to read Gemara is because it was sink or swim, and because nobody wanted to melt, so we had to figure out, by hook or by crook, how to read. It wasn't probably what they teach you in graduate schools of education. I don't even know how they would teach a Rebbe how to melt a student. Um, I'm not very good at that. It goes back to what Rabbi Rosner said about love. Love is very important. There was a lot more Yura than Ava in that year. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it wouldn't work anymore. I don't know. Uh, Vayner is, is unfortunately no longer alive. But what I think it pointed out is that we have to give the opportunity for Talmudim to actually learn on their own and not just to spoon, spoon feed them. It's, uh, it's, it's really humbling to, to be on a panel with Ruth Lachman, but I certainly remember thinking back in Rav Bothman's year, that's what it was all about. He would ask questions for those who remember the first two, three days of the year, and we would be going crazy because a lot of questions, well, where's the answers? And, and I imagine he still says it, but you have to be so thirsty that you're, uh, that, that you're, you're dying of thirst before you get the answers. So why? Like, why not just cut to the chase? It would be much more efficient you know, I'm sure Rav Blachman knew the answers on the first day of the sugya. So why was he just asking questions upon questions? Answer is that the goal of teaching is to teach independence, to teach independent reading, independent thinking, to allow the students, allow the Talmudim, to be able to independently do at their own level what the Rebbe does, and. That's what Rabbi Enemer taught us. It was, it was all, it was teaching us how to be independent, trusting us to learn how to be independent, allowing us to make mistakes. Now, again, whether that is going to work in every high school setting, probably not. And certainly not every Rabbi could pull off what Rabbi Enemer did. But I, I do think, I wonder, again, I'm not... I'm not in high school, Chinuch. I don't really know. I don't have any boys who are in high school. My oldest boy is in fifth grade. So, as I said, it's easy to uh, criticize as an outsider. But if I'm thinking about one thing, more or less, I think more would be better. Um, I think that uh, probably there isn't enough. But even more importantly, it's giving students, giving Talmudim a chance to figure things out on their own, to make mistakes. That's the hallmark of yeshiva learning. It's, it's Seder. The Seder to Shir ratio is not 
So in high school, you can't have a, can't expect any, you know, most, most of our high schools have three-hour morning Seder and followed by Shir. That's, that's obviously totally unrealistic. And you do have to re be realistic about this question. And if you uh, give them a Seder and all they do is goof off, obviously you haven't accomplished anything. But I wonder if there's, if there's something that I think could perhaps be improved on, at least for students that are able to do this, to, to trust them a little more to figure things out on their own and make mistakes, and perhaps then they'll, uh, they'll have the confidence and the skills to be able to take it to the next level. Thank you. All right. Huh? Are we still? Are we still? Uh, oh, we're blank. Wow. Oh, man. It's like the, I'm pretty sure like, that's awesome. Uh, first of all, <laughs> if I'm going to, before I speak at, at all, uh, if, if we're playing one of those games, like, who doesn't belong? Yeah. The, uh, it's it's un, unfair to put me on a panel with uh, such Tamidah Chachamim, with Moe Barabi, Rav Lachman, Rav Rosner, world-renowned, and uh, Ritter Blank, who, when I was in Kolo, he was, like, my mentor. Um, and it was me. The, I should be back there, Rafi. I should be with you back there. I, wanna, I really want to just be, you know... The, uh, so I do I teach in high I teach in high school so I guess I'll, uh, I'll add a little bit the I would say that there's no one answer to that question because I, I say over and over and over and over again that I don't teach I don't teach Torah I teach Talmud <coughs> meaning Torah is is pristine it's in uh, it's but you're not teaching Torah you're teaching however many individuals so. That question, the question was, uh, in modern Orthodox schools, modern Orthodox schools where, with what students, it, it, it's impossible to give one uh, answer to that question. Um, I would spend a lot of time this Shabbos talking to Rabbi Abramchik, who's the Rebbe here in Yula, and I was trying to gain from what I can from what he's doing here. And, you know, and, and I'm, but as he's talking to me, I'm applying to, the, to a completely different type of student, different type, they're all in the modern Orthodox world, but South Florida is different than Los Angeles, and the students and the challenges, etc., etc., it's just different. So I'm hearing what he's saying, but I'm, but I'm applying that and not just copy-pasting. The copy-paste would be malpractice. That being said, um, so of course, for some people, what Weirdling just said is, is, would be amazing, and that would, that would be great. Uh, for others, like a huge part of my job, I, 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 teach, I, I lead the Masamidim program in Katsuchika High School in, in Florida. And a huge part of my job, these are the most mo motivated boys, and Baruch Hashem, they're doing very well. We have, we've sent Karen Biavna, a number of boys over the past number of years, and the, the boys are really, really doing uh, fantastically. Uh, that being said, a huge part of my job is to inspire. The, uh, a huge about a part of my job is to inspire. That when the boys come in, the I'm looking for a boy in the program who is motivated enough that is raw material to then inspire. That by the time they're finishing 12th grade, they actually want to do something with their neshama. But 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 when they're in ninth grade coming in, it's a mute of a mute. It's very very few boys. I'm not saying none, but it's very few boys who coming into ninth grade um, really want, know what, what they want, and 10th grade even, and even 11th grade, and it's, it's a really, I always tell people, it's a four-year program because 
That's usually what it takes. Again, not always. Like, there's always individuals. But it takes a lot of time to inspire. By the time they're actually inspired, and it really depends on the student. So, so in our program, that's just what we have. But literally, ULA might be very different, and MTA might be completely different. And, and it, literally, it's impossible to give one answer. That being said, in, in the little box in which I find myself in South Florida, so I found that, that what Ray just said, we've been, we've been able to accomplish that by the time they're in 12th grade for half the students. Or for, that's what, like, so this year, you know, it's inspiration, 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 and, and again, and a, lot of, and a lot of skills, like the two things we do is inspiration and skills, tremendous amount of skills, just as much, skills, 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 the trick is to, to do skills in a way that they're still inspired, but by the time they're in 12th grade, then half the boys in 12th grade in the Masmidan program, we're able to then sit them down by themselves in front of a Gemara, we sent them actually, I'm also the Mashiach in the Yeshiva of South Florida, it's a new Yeshiva, Opposed to our Yisrael yeshivas, so we have we have like it's a real morning state, a real afternoon state, a real night state. It's a yeshiva with a college program. They do Turo. so we send half of our half of our top twelfth graders. We send half of them to the yeshiva instead of coming to my shir. I give shir in the high school. We send them there, and they have a morning state there where they could do what Rebbein just just said. So I'm just my my one addition, my two additions for Rebbein just said. Would be number one. It literally depends on on the Talmud. On to a- answer any question in Chinuch without thinking about every single Talmud is now practice. And uh, number two is that the Ikra has to be inspiration, like Raza was saying. The love just inspiration. Once they have that inspiration, so then then you can do it. Really said without the inspiration, learning a Gemara through art school on their own, even they're willing to do it, it you're gonna lose the, the battle for, you're going to lose the war for the battle. Meaning they might do it, they might, do it, they might even do it all year, they might even get good grades, but they're not going to love it, they're not going to be in it, and it's not going to work. If you inspire them to the point where they, now they want to, then I think uh, what we just said, we'll have a lot of, let's love it. Okay, okay this one's for Rebbe, for Bachman. Um, how can we motivate, it says our children, but children, to prioritize learning without making them feel like they're failures if they don't become something to hug. Oh. How can we motivate children prior to learning without making them feel like failures if they don't become Tamilicham? I don't know too many Tamilicham. <laughs> the Ramos says there's no Tamilicham as many as it. Now, the real question is um, why do we teach Gemara? <coughs> That's really starts with. Why, why, why do we prioritize Gemara? Ramam says, La Alacha, that the road of your life, you're supposed to be spending learning Gemara after you finish. That's how the Ramam qualifies in Hilchis Tamatar. What, what is the, um, what do we expect to gain from this? That's a serious question. Um, what do you expect to gain from teaching the boy the laws of divorce? We hope he won't have to deal with it. Or why would he want to learn what happens if a cow gets gored by an ox? Very not practical. You know what I mean? Or, oh, if you find Mois Mufuzoros, I don't know, the beginning of the Messias over there. Oh, God, man, it ain't happening. 
Okay, so why, why are we wasting our time? Why are we doing these things? That's the real question. Okay, why, why are we doing But Matziah, hey, look, when's it going to happen? Okay, talk for Koyin, we're violent. I mean, what, 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 what is this really all about? Theoretical scenarios of things which are, it's good for a law school, but for goodness sakes, it's not really practical. Overwhelmingly not practical. Uh, why are we wasting our time? The Rav Zichon and the Rache and Maimonides, when he set up the Gemara curriculum, he, uh, he had them learning Gemara of Hilchot Avelut, because he figured everyone's going to be a mourner. Hilchot Kashrut, because he hoped at least they'd keep kosher. And Hilchot Tfiyan Bet That's the curriculum of Maimonides, to have, uh, attach them to the halachic process of hoping that these, these three aspects of Judaism would be given some depth and they would keep it. So I understood the agenda of why they're learning these things, to attach them to the halachic process. Is that what we're doing in Karen Is that the purpose of why, we, why the Rabbim says we should be learning Gemara all day? I don't think that's it. And I think the agenda of learning Gemara is one only, as the Maimonides quotes himself in the fourth chapter of the Fundaments of Religion, because this is the gift that God gave us to develop disciplined thought and balanced emotions. The Yashiv is Hamoach Vesalev. He gave us his wisdom in a certain way, master it and learn its thinking analytically, critically. And you will develop a healthy way of thinking, logic. And you will also develop healthy morals and ethics with the moral compass. I think a a teacher who um, just disseminates information doesn't teach the, um, the thinking process and the moral background will never succeed. And I think the product will never really happen. Ultimately, he may carry X amount of information, but he has wasted his years. Most people will not be Talmudic Chachamim, and that's not what they expected to do. Ramu doesn't say we're supposed to become a Talmud Chacham. We're supposed to know as much as we can, each person on his own, of Tarash Bikhtab and Tarash for example, the Shulchan Aruch writes, a person after five years of learning sees he does not retain the information with clarity. He should focus on Allah Lamaisa and forget all this Gemara stuff. I wish schools would be a bit more flexible and be realistic. The only reason we continue with this Gemara is because we actually do believe, and I honestly believe in this. Yes, this is a discipline if, 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 if taught properly will develop a, a disciplined mind which will be able to make judgment calls. It will develop a balanced person, not driven just by his emotion, but will always have his mind asking the questions of the Gemara. My timer, why am I doing this? Minalan, where does this urge come from? Okay, etc. All the questions that the Gemara asks somehow internalize become the questions you ask yourself on a daily basis at the different junctions in life that you encounter. So for me, the Gemara is actually a way of framing a mind, creating a personality. 
That's why, at least I teach Gemara, based on Maimonides' thoughts. I think that that is a reason to learn as much as possible and in depth as much as possible. So you ask me, as a student succeeds, if I teach him that that's the reason you're learning Gemara, not because you're going to be some professional academic scholar, but you're going to become a person whose mind will help him decide what he does in life. You will not be just intuitive and instinctive or driven by your animal instincts. That you will ask the questions of the Gemara at every junction of life. Why do I want this? Where am I going? Where does it lead to? <coughs> does it make sense? That, I think, is the goal of teaching. And that is, well, I know I work very hard on that. By the way, I'd like to comment about the lovey-dovey aspect, if I may. I'm um, quite notorious, as they will, all these two and others here will um, attest. Well, before they come to ask me a question, they think it over six times. Is it a crisp formulation? Is it a cliche? Or do I know what I'm asking? Right, guys? You know what? Yeah, I'm a bit of a Rottweiler. <laughs> I'm a poodle at home. Ask my wife, you know what I mean? Like, shampooed in the works. But when it comes to thinking, yes, I, um, I don't take prisoners. Because if I have a year or two to form their minds into critical, analytical thinkers, which will finally live lives of an intellectual person and ask real questions, then I will do what it takes. So you know what it's like? Sometimes I feel like I'm a grizzly. I hug them, ask them all. I love them. I really do. I think we love each other because they know I won't sleep at night because of these idiots. You know, really, I, 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 lose, I have sleepless nights. I follow them from 18 until God knows when. I do. Right, Isabel? Let's be honest about this. You know, I, am, um, I do. I know. I had great teachers who did that for me, so I know what it is. I know a Rebbe which sleeps at night is comfortable just with the medium in the morning should be selling insurance. He should, he should become a shaykhit, because he is one anyway. He's slaughtering Jewish souls. Uh, a teacher is someone which is your father, and his job is to bring you to a world of thought and, and profundity. Doesn't mean bring you up to St. Peter's Gates and knock on the door. Ben Olam means living it here. Living values, profundity, thought. Live in your mind and not in your gut. So yeah, that's a, so, you know, you have to hug them. And uh, pretty good at that too. But believe me, if you don't demand, if you don't tell them, I believe in you, you fool. I actually think you can think. But no one ever believed enough in you to tell you that you can think, and therefore they started feeding you like the Gerber baby. I actually think you can. I'm the only one around here which believes in you, <laughs> fool. So therefore, I will tear your face off until you start doing what I know that you can do. It works. <laughs> I can tell you it works. You know why it works? Because you're telling them 24-7 you believe in them. You tell them that you believe in them. You tell them that they, they can. 
and the Osipur teachers that were spoon-feeding them simply were telling you, you can't. And yeah, when Tom was describing it, it's true. I, it, I don't want to, like, really cliche, like a Richard Joel uh, pun, you know, enable and noble. But that's what I actually believe in. You have to enable the children and, and, and give them a sense of confidence. Too many teachers tell children to believe in God. I had a good friend when I was a young man taught me this. He says, Mendel, you're going to be a teacher one day. I didn't want to be a teacher. I was going to be a lawyer, promise you. My dad says, never become a rov. They don't learn. You'll be a lawyer. You'll, you have a big mouth. You'll do well. And you'll learn five, six hours a day. That was my plan. I finished college. I was, I was going to NYU. Somehow I ended up in this God business. And, um, and I'm still not giving discounts. You know, there's no end of the season sales in my store. Uh, but... Uh, the idea is that uh, tell them that they can do it. Believe in them. Demand it. Because they don't believe in themselves. Most kids don't believe in themselves. Because the teachers only literally like the Gerber baby. They fed them. Make your mistakes. You know how my dad taught me how to swim? Of Chicago. Took me out of Boat in Lake Michigan and threw me out. <laughs> and he had the oar there. Says, so you're drinking a shackle with Vori, don't drink it. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, I never had these little paddle, these plastic things that you have. I never had training wheels on my bike. My dad says, get on the bike. Go, right, you can do it. But Dad, I'm going to fall. So fall. It's okay to fall. It's human to fail. The only thing which is perfect is death. Life is nothing more than imperfect realities. So fail. It's very good to fail. You're a human being. You know what? I was riding without hands within an hour because my dad believed in me. Oh, I dragged quite a bit of Lake Michigan, but it didn't. I was actually doing an Australian crawl within two days because my dad believed in me. Is that old school? Is it demanding? I think it was an enormous act of love. There can't be a greater act of love than saying, I believe in you. So, with gracious respect to all the kuchi mochi. <laughs> and maybe I'm old school but again I got 43 and a half years of scalps under my belt and it works okay that's a lot of scalps and a lot of notches on my gun okay it works believe in them I'm talking to his parents too by the way grandparents believe in them tell them you believe in them Never try to tell them to believe in God. It won't work. Tell them that God believes in them. That works. You can take them to the, to, to the utopias. You can talk profound philosophy. You can, you can really raise these little pumpkins out of these high schools 
And you can really talk philosophy, thought. You, I, I do it. And hey, Alan, right? <laughs> One of my students. Okay. I have this Zoom class with a bunch of weird people that want to learn Hasidus, <laughs> so we do that in two weeks. Um, believe people. God believes in us. If you wouldn't believe in us, you would have given up on us a long time ago. We're a bunch of obstinate, self-centered brats, right? And God believes in us. I think teachers have to be godly. They literally have to believe. Now, I, once again, I don't teach high school. And, but I'm sure that the, 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 that applies to everywhere. Uh, I teach the damaged product, the product of the high school system of America. And there's a lot of work. Because, um, um, well, whatever it is, I actually do think that they don't, uh, what you said before is correct. I, and what, what, what Rafi said is definitely true. Um, inspiration. I suggest inspiration by empowering. I suggest inspiration by the fun of creativity. I suggest inspiration. If it, 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 Gemara should be much more intellectual, entertaining than a physics class. If you're capable of teaching it in that manner, in that way, I don't know. I love physics. You know, it wasn't exactly you know Saint Peter's not going to open the gates for me because of physics, right? But uh, I like physics. What am I supposed to do? Okay. Who inspired me into physics? I don't know. I just like physics. Okay. I like philosophy. What I like certain things. Okay. I think it's the intellectual challenge. I think it's the feeling. It's like a rush. Hey, I'm going to climb this Everest. You know, my boots are made for walking. That's what they will do. And I walk. And I'm, it's good. It feels good to be able to succeed. I think every child has to be given a dose of success, empowerment, skills, 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 skills. You know, what you said before, both of you, is so true that they need to be, I think the goal of, you know, I think of education, you know, people go to different shurim and different institutions, is the goal uh, accumulation of information and good notebooks to say shurim in your local shul on a yom iyun? Or is the goal to give you the sense of empowerment and independence that you will alone decide to wake up five in the morning and not to put on your ear pots to hear Rav Shefter saying a sheer on I don't know what, but actually open up a Talmud Bavli and doing it on your own. Know the difference? Will you be a recipient or you have the rush of independence? When you get that rush of independence, you want more. You realize that this religion is not just someone else's, it's yours. You realize your connection to God is something that you can create. That is what I think education is all about. Creating the future, not just today. Um, you know, someone told me, oh, we should relearn brachos, it's more practical. Um, I think our goal, at least at the level that we're teaching, is um, giving skills being a forensic reader, a critical thinker, with a healthy dose of cynicism, uh, empowering, ennobling, making them feel they can do it. It's like, hey, no pain, no gain. No. You're like a coach in a gym, and you tell all these little flabby pork belly seniors, hey, man, you can have them abs. 
but you got to work. And you can. Okay? Well, today I say, I have a lot of scalps. I say, look at good old Tanawita boy. This little pumpkin from Yeshiva, Greater Washington, is a prolific author, right? Major lecturer in Jewish philosophy, and I can learn it, by the way. I still remember the summary you wrote on my Chesabatim, okay, under Haigon, if I recall. Okay, yeah, And you know, a teacher that he's creating children, I'll tell you, I, I was once, I flew to South Africa for the wedding of one of my students. It was very embarrassing. Uh, he introduces me to speak at the wedding, and he says something which I sometimes am afraid, why do I say these things in public? He says, I want to introduce Rabbi Blachman. Oh, God. Okay, so he says, I want to tell you what he told us on the first day of Shear. I said, this is going to be very embarrassing. I says, young boys, I am greater than the morale of Prague. How I start? He says, he took earth and made one golem. I'm going to take 35 golems and make them into homo sapiens. <laughs> It works. I want you to know it works. You don't have to be easy. You have to love. Love means really tell them you believe in them. They should know that. They know you won't sleep at night because of them. They know that you'll, you'll care about everything in their lives. I mean, I'm still dealing with the issues of high school education of my students' grandchildren by now. You understand? When you have so many years in the Someone will let you go, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing to feel, but, you know, sometimes you get a little tired. Uh, I feel like the Lubavitcher Rebbe, you know. You have so many people going, oh, Rebbe, and, oh, come on, be nice. I'd like to eat supper today. You know, but, but really, it's, it's tremendous. I don't suggest going into education for most people because it's draining, okay, and you really have to know what you're doing. But, uh, but those who are in it and they do it right, it's the most rewarding thing possible because you really have children. They are your children. I was asked, how do you remember them all? Funny things, I do. I even remember the bachinos of which they had, which are quite embarrassing. Okay, I have a problem. I have a good memory. So I must remember the, the interviews of the students, which, you know, when I see them, so I remember your bachina. Okay? That, that could not, not always a pleasant thing. Uh, so, uh, right, Norm? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, you, you, you know what I mean? But how can you, in the after, how do you remember them? He says, I don't understand. How can you forget them? You know, you only forget things which are not essentially part of your identity. I don't forget my wife's name. God save me if I forget her birthday. You know what I mean? God won't be able to save me if I forget my anniversary. Right? There's things which are essentially part of who I am, so how I can't forget it. A teacher who the child, the student is not essentially part of his identity, should be selling insurance and not teaching. But a person who has that, believe me, he can rough ride them, and they know that he loves them. They have to know that they're loved. They have to know they're believed in. But don't pamper them. Don't pamper them. Believe in them enough to challenge them. 
You know what I mean? That's the one thing you have to know to say. You have to be able to say, kids, I believe in you. That's my answer to your question, Yaakov, in case you want to know. <laughs> Bye. Good evening. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 